We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Thank you for joining Kayla and I for part two of our conversation highlighting prematurity awareness. This piece of our conversation provides a glimpse into the experience and emotion tied to delivering a baby so early. Thank you again for joining us as we continue our conversation. So she was born at 9.50. Then, yeah, I woke up in the room. And it was weird (laughs) to be like, I have a daughter that I thought was going to be here in three months, three and a half months, really. Yeah, I didn't go see her that day. Baker did. I mean, I was still catheterized, so I was part of it. (laughs) But just like, I'm, I kind of didn't want to. Can you talk us through a little bit of that? Because I think every mother that has delivered a baby that is not with her in the room kind of goes through that moment of the fear that's tied to some of that, some of that trauma, you know, from those experiences. Can you talk us through just a little bit of that and what you were experiencing? Yeah, I think a lot of it was, you know, me blaming myself, um, Sorry, I think I was crying. I talk about this all the time in work. This is this is true hard stuff. If it's too much, we don't have to go there. We really don't have to go there. Um, no, that's is, right. Okay. I really do talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, probably too much. Like I had just gotten o- to being okay with being pregnant. And then, wham, you know, she's out. And I was like, why can't, why couldn't my body do this? Was it because, was it because of the IUD? Did the sack form weird? You know, was it because I took Adderall the first month of my pregnancy? Because I didn't know. Um, Which is funny, as an aside, I was like, man, this Adderall makes me super weepy. No, I was just pregnant. (laughs) You know, was it because I was so freaking stressed the whole time? Maybe. And, you know, I was just like, I don't want to go have to look at her and just see what (laughs) what my body couldn't finish. And, yeah, and also they had said, like, you know, we don't want to alarm you, but she's very bruised from the delivery, which made me feel even worse. You know, that this is her first experience and it's really fucking traumatic, which I know birth is traumatic regardless, but this was a little extra. Um, Baker brought back pictures and videos and she was she looked like a tiny alien but she was moving and 
she has my big old hands <laughs> and by all accounts she was doing fine it was just the shock of everything compounded you know absolutely so tell us her birth date how big she was what did she weigh tell us about that so she was born on 7-eleven at 9 50 a.m and uh which the first thing i think i was texting my best friend and i you know so like i have a baby and she said oh cool free ices on your birthday for life which was definitely an upside um and a pool party so you know i think she knew what she was doing she weighed one pound and 15 ounces and she was 13 inches long she was one of those what we call micro preemies where mm-hmm. she was super tiny and super precious so i am going to make some assumptions that she was intubated and she mm-hmm. was on a vent and there were things that um health wise that you know she had challenges do you remember some of those things early in life she had to face yes so she was intubated maybe not even two weeks, a week and a half, I think, which was hard. Um, also, like, especially after COVID with, like, so many, you know, talking about people being on vents and it was just, it was more in, like, the main, the public, like, knowledge, I guess. And so saying, like, oh, my baby's on a ventilator, I don't know, just seemed, had that extra layer of, like, oh, shit. She didn't have any brain bleeds, thankfully. She had a PDA and a PFO, which both closed. She had to, she had a lot of transfusions. But yeah, I mean, her biggest challenge was just that she was so small. (laughs) I mean, I'm very, very thankful that that was the biggest thing we dealt with because I know, I mean... I know people now who have gone through really, really heart-wrenching stuff in the NICU. And it's all hard, 100%, if you're in for two days or two months or, you know, 15 weeks like we were. I can look back on it now and be extremely thankful for how it went. You know, I was dealing with a lot internally. And so I honestly don't know how that would have gone if her situation had been worse or different, but we both made it. I love it. Talk to us how you took care of yourself a little bit while you were in the NICU. You've already mentioned you had the perinatal um, anxiety disorder, mood disorder. So once you had her, and so it just doesn't magically go away, any of the depression and you know, some of those things. So how did you take care of yourself? What were some things that you did that you made sure you were, you were going to be okay? Well, honestly, not a lot at first. I ran myself ragged. Um, I, I took a week off the week that I was in the hospital, um, from my job and, you know, (laughs) recovered from a C-section. And then since I work from home, I was able to go back to work, which really blue but I'm thankful that I could 
that I didn't have to take FMLA. A lot of that was avoidance, I think. <laughs> um, I couldn't, I quote unquote, couldn't be at the hospital all day because I had to work, which kind of gave me, it made me rest. You know, I couldn't be standing at her bedside all day. I don't know. I, I slept a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I kept going to therapy and we were able to process through a lot of that a lot of that shame I felt and like blaming myself and even like the pain from the c-section because you know even while she was still in the NICU I was having like war flashbacks <laughs> basically um and it was not great I was not sleeping well um I'm very lucky in the support system I have my husband and my sister-in-law would go up all the time and read to her and sing to her and just be there. My husband always tells me this, but you know, he's like, you can take time for yourself. You have to take care of yourself, which is like, ugh, he's right. But that's annoying. You know, let me just let me do what I'm going to do. Um, I can't believe you care about me so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I opted my meds. I met Michelle through the Oklahoma Family Network um, support group for NICU families. And I talked to Michelle about this a little bit. You know, like you're, you're angry. You know, I didn't get to take maternity pictures. I didn't get to, you know, I didn't even announce the pregnancy, actually. Um, I hadn't announced it. I don't know. I was just mourning the loss of those three months that I was supposed to have with her you know just me to go to that support group it's like those are my friends those are my people that's where I hung out and those are the people who get me and so we don't think of that as something we do for ourselves because we kind of love it so much it's like this is this is what we do it's just it's where we go and um, having you there in the group was truly inspiration to us. I think you coming and attending and participating and printing pictures and doing things like that just inspired us as well. So we were so happy that you were able to be there for that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I don't know where I would have been. Um, just having People who just know is absolutely priceless. <clears throat> and even, I mean, obviously I had my husband and my family and um, I actually have a cousin who was 25 weaker. And so her mom and I talked a lot, even though Baker was in it, you know, it was different just because of hormones and just you know the mechanics of everything <laughs> so yeah having that was truly incredible sometimes it was a fight to get to the hospital just you know for both of us um so I definitely think Sundays was like okay well you know we have something else to do also at the hospital not just sit in the NICU and be really worried and Sometimes it was like sensory overload in there, um, especially like as the stay grew longer, um, it got harder. The trek 
um so we're in Edmond so it was like a 20 25 minute drive um which isn't terrible but it you know it is when you think of just having your baby in a bassinet next to your bed <laughs> it's a it's a big difference so I just want to clarify when you said sometimes it was a fight to get to the unit and get up to the hospital it wasn't it wasn't bickering between you and Baker it was just the struggle of actually physically getting to the hospital that was kind of that piece is that what you you meant by that yeah um like just getting getting out of bed getting dressed finding my keys, getting in the car was, you know, everything was hard. It was like, you know, what did they, um, what did someone call it? Like wading through chili. Like, you know, it's just work, which, and I think, I mean, looking back, like that's a testament to us, I think, and like our perseverance that we did get there so much just because yeah it was a real struggle yeah I I think about that a lot from um as the days continue on and you know and families have to go back up there every single day and it just becomes you know just this this battle this fight inside you that you're having to overcome you know and for some families who are overcoming you know, financial strains or gas strains or, you know, how much harder or easier it is for them to say, well, you know what, I'll save a few bucks and not drive up there today or, you know, things like that. So um, I do commend you and Baker on how often y'all were able to get up there and and be a part of this journey um, together because I, I know y'all, I watched y'all be partners in this and y'all did a beautiful job. So I, I want to commend you on that for sure. You said you guys were there for 15 weeks is that what mm-hmm. you said? 103 days Ooh, 103 days were there you know things that you celebrated while you were there to try to help make your stay uh, memorable my mom got a guest book for our room so for the NICU you could have a list of people who can come visit and it was my mom my family's in town Baker's family's in Texas so my mom and my sister were in town and then two of his siblings are in town. So my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law were on the list. It's, I mean, it's only, you know, it's the same six people writing in here. Like anytime people went up, they wrote in this little journal and we kind of, we went back over it this year, like from her birthday on um, and just kind of like looked at what happened each day and like, you know, who came to see her and stuff. And it was, it was neat. And I think, I hope she likes looking back at it too. I love that. So you you had a little journal that whoever came to visit wrote a little note or something from the day or from the visit. Oh, what a great idea. So we started on the 19th. So she was like a week old. But um, my sister-in-law lived really close to the hospital and came a lot. So sometimes it's just like four of her entries altogether. And I couldn't, I couldn't write in this very much. Um it was just too hard. Um, uh, oh, okay. 720. I just held you for the first time. I wrote. Oh, I haven't looked back at this very much. Baker keeps it with him. I think that is beautiful things to celebrate. I think that is 
you, you may not have been there on any major holiday or anything like that, but um, but that is a great way to find something to celebrate every day, you know, a little note or, you know, just thought from whoever is visiting that day. That That's beautiful. I love that. So let's quickly talk all things pumping and breastfeeding. You know, I started pumping in the hospital because they tell you to try the first time, like we got enough colostrum to like put in the syringe and put in a bag. Like, I think I have a picture of Baker, like holding it, like, ah! um, and I don't know. It was just, that was like one of the really bright spots for me that it was like, oh, you know, regardless of like what I thought about how my body failed or how I was too stressed during pregnancy. And, you know, this was my fault that she came early. Like this was the one thing I could do for her. The one thing, you know, besides just being there. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I just, I mean, we had, uh, you know how they say like through insurance, you can like keep getting parts and stuff. Had like eight different like sets of stuff. So, you know, wash them all at night and then like pump throughout the day and just, I mean, yeah, I just had to, I kept telling myself like, this is, this is what you can do for her right now. You know, even if you can't get to the hospital, my mom would sometimes take milk up to the hospital for me just because she works like halfway in between. So she was like, I'll just take it on my lunch break, which is so nice, like so great. And I, I think a lot of it was, I have a incredible support system and I saw both my older sisters breastfeed for a long time. Um, and I, maybe selfishly, I had really held on to that because I was like, well, that's like, you know, I'm the only one that can do that for her. You know, I was like, I want to at least try to be able to do that. And formula is freaking expensive, <laughs> especially that pregnancy stuff. So yeah, just kind of with the not not thinking I was bonding with her and not feeling that there was kind of like, well, she's getting my milk, you know, maybe that will combat this space between us or this, you know, this non-connection. I tried breastfeeding for the first time, like the beginning of October. She took to it. She had a lip and tongue tie. So I use a shield, but we got those revised, which was a whole other terrible ordeal um I said like sorry for the extra medical trauma <laughs> we caused you but I do think it did help even with bottles I mean it helped um her speed so I'm we're not fortifying anything anymore I'm not pumping I'm just uh, we're thinking about weaning mostly because of the teeth <laughs> and just so I can be medicated for my ADHD well, in thinking about it, you know, routine, it's schedule, it's business, it's all business, it's not emotion, you know, so I, I can totally see how that would be um, beneficial, you know, to be able to have that role and that responsibility. And so I, I love that. I love that because, you know, some people tie, you know, breastfeeding and the stress of producing milk to mm. postpartum depression and how it's just another anxiety inducing piece of the journey. And so, but for you, it was not, that was just something you were, you did and you were able to just kind of keep on going. Yeah. And it may have, 
I mean, I'm sure it added to it a little bit. I maybe just like my stubbornness <laughs> that I was just like, well, I'm doing it. Sorry, depression. Get out of my way. Um, I just remember, you know, pumping at like 2 a.m. and being like, this is this is all I can do. This is all I can do for her. Gotta do it. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405 271 5072.